ladies and gentlemen, welcome, 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 welcome back. It's me, and it's Betty. Betty, how are hey. you? I'm good. How are you doing, Dan? Tip top, man. Top five, tip, I'd say. Tip top. Tip top, yeah. So, hey, this is the Mosby Learning Podcast. You you may have known that if this automatically downloaded in your feed. It's been a minute, which is not the first time I've said that on this podcast. Uh, it is March. not the first time you've said that. <laughs> I think every episode I come on, you say, it's been a minute. But you're, you're, you're Reboot Betty. That's what I call you. Oh, okay. Hey, I like it. Yeah, yeah, it. you you reinvigorate these projects. I've been called worse. It's fine. That's right. I'm sure you have. Maybe even yeah. in this episode. Stick around, folks. That's right. Um, but yeah, so this is episode 34 of the Most We Learning Podcast. It's uh, me, Dan Hurt, and Betty Danowitz here. Uh, Betty from I bet you know her most from If You Ask Betty. Would that be Would that be the thing people know you most from? I think so. People know me from If You Ask Betty. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I was in that one episode of Dawson's Creek back in 1998, but I have a feeling that most people will, will remember me from If You Ask Betty. You messing with me? You're messing with me. No, no, I'm not messing with you. That's totally true. You were in an and maybe I'll of tell Dawson's you. Creek? I was. Maybe I'll tell you that story as we move along. Oh, oh yeah. No, you don't want to. We're going to bury that lead right back yes, down. Bury we'll it. come back yep. to it later. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to check out the show notes for this, they're probably going to be kind of thin, but mosby.ca slash 034. Nice short handle there. Mosby. Mm-hmm. M-O-S-B-Y dot C-A slash 034. And you can send us an email um, at mosbylearning at gmail.com. Now, Adam is not here. You may have noticed, folks. Uh, normally, he's here to kind of uh, have an eye on the inbox and let us know because he watches it, as you know, like a hawk. And um, we, it's, we've decided that neither one of us, and yet someone has signed up mosbylearning at gmail.com for filipinocupid.com. Um, so we've got oh. a number of emails from there. My goodness. Uh, so thank you to all the gentlemen that have expressed interest in our account there. Uh, I don't know that that's going to be a fruitful endeavor. And and with that information, I will not be giving out my email address in this episode. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe later. We'll see. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Betty, this is not the only thing that we occasionally do together. We are going to do something in uh, in October. We're going to we be are. hanging out on a stage in Vegas together. Yes, I'm so excited. Uh, Dan and I are going to be making our DevLearn debut, uh, teaching podcasting in your learning solutions. Uh, So DevLearn Las Vegas, and that will be the first time we actually meet in person, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which could be great or a total disaster. It might go go south quickly. Could go either way. So (laughs) we'll see. We'll see. Just remember... COVID has not been kind to most of us, oh, myself sure included. Enough. Fair enough. So. I'm definitely older than I was when we started this thing. That's for sure. Yes. Uh, yeah. Very excited about uh, the podcast session. I think I'm going to I'm gonna feature a whole segment on uh, large gaps in your RSS feed um, and mm. how to reintroduce your podcast to your audience. So that's yeah. I think that's what reboot I'm going to focus Betty. on. You're going to yeah. talk about Reboot Betty. Yeah. That's, that's right, cool. Man. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Very excited about that. Um I haven't been to Vegas in probably a decade. That's not court ordered or anything. I just haven't been there for a while. I'm Thanks looking for clarifying. For, yeah, I'm looking forward to it though. Um, have you have you been there before? Yes, I have been to Vegas uh, twice now. Um, I don't really care much for Vegas. It's a lot. It's a lot. But that's because every time I go, I end up going for like a week. You should never spend that much time in Vegas, like no. three days max. Um, but uh, the people watching is unmatched. Yeah. It's it's amazing. And uh, Thursday night, we're going to Fremont Street to uh, watch Zoe Bowie and all the other crazies. So it's going to be amazing. Cool. Yeah, I think once you um, – I think there's a qualifier. Uh, there's actually an asterisk on the uh, – what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. There's an asterisk, and they can't guarantee that after a three-day stint. If That's you correct. extend beyond that, you're on your own. Yeah. You're on your own. Yeah, your mileage mm-hmm. may vary. Um, have you been to DevLearn before? I have. I went to DevLearn one year and then I spoke at it the next, uh, which was awesome. Now, I will tell you, though, I didn't get in initially. I was like on the wait list. I was on the if we have an opening, we might call you. And so I began to befriend using air quotes that they can't see Mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Mark Britz and 
consistently befriended him and stayed friendly and reminded him of how excited I was about maybe getting to go to DevLearn. Uh, and that worked out because they had an opening for AR and I just happened to have a session on that. So there you go. Mm -hmm. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. yeah it helps Weaseled to, my way uh, right in. helps to stay on top of people like that. Uh, when you're looking for things to happen. Yeah. It does. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I've got this thing where I only go to conferences if I can speak at them, I think, because, uh, yeah, a lot of people <laughs> are like that. Uh, you know, but honestly, it's kind of hard to, if your organization is not footing the bill or helping you with the bill. And to be fair, I didn't ask them, but, um, it's, it's, it's a quite the ask, you know, especially coming up yes. from, uh, the, the, the great white North of Canada. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we've got to mm -hmm. trudge through the tundra just to get to the airport. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite the expense to, to get there. So I, I'm, I'm truly looking forward to, I'm looking forward to, uh, to, to seeing a few people. I think I might actually get the chance to meet Kevin Thorne in person as well on the same day. Oh, you know, I'm going to tell you, I don't know. You should, it, you, maybe you shouldn't meet your heroes. Like sometimes no. it doesn't turn out right. Like, <laughs> that could be like too, you right? meet them and you're, and they're like five, eight and you're like, Oh, I thought you were taller than that. <laughs> Are you five eight, Dan? No, I'm at least five nine and a half. Okay, at good. It depends good. on the shoes I'm wearing and depends if I've got my hair recently. I think Kevin Thorne's probably six four. He looks giant, giant. He looks like right? a gigantic human. Yeah, I'm five two, maybe. Good grief! Yeah. Okay. See, I told you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need to remember that when, yeah. when you meet me. That things in the. Things in the Zoom may not be as they appear. <laughs> well, as long as you're sitting down, I think when I meet you, that should be okay. Mm, yes, that's a good point. Um, I, you know, I, I had a really, really good time in the um, uh, the episode that episode number sixty-seven of the If You Ask Betty podcast. Well, where can yes. where can folks get your podcast? So uh, I always direct them to Anchor, but Anchor.fm. But you can find it pretty much anywhere you can listen to podcasts: Spotify, Apple, iTunes, uh, Podcatchers, all around. So um, Google Podcasts, you can find it there. The If You Ask Betty podcast, and yes, you and Kevin and I had a great conversation about a lot of things, including mm. instructional, instructional yeah. interactive comments or interactive instructional com something about comics. You were An starstruck. It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it was. It also capped the first season because I couldn't. I don't know if I've told you this before, but I'm not very good at ending things. Oh, just in general. Okay. Um, I've been married for 21 years, by the way. But it, that's just a side <laughs> note. That's never anything to do with what we're talking about. But, um, but like, Give I'm not very good ready. at ending things. So, like, finally, I was like, okay, I, I got to go out with a bang. So, your episode ended season one, and in about six weeks, we'll start season two. So. That's wicked. Good for you, man. Yeah. I, I I am so uh, so impressed with your uh, dedication to the craft. Um, it's 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 just wonderful. I mean, you put stuff out with regularity. You've got uh, consistent web presence for the you know. Not that I'm on it a lot, but when I look at the internet, you are mm -hmm. there. You just mm -hmm. happen to be there. So so good on you. Um, do you send people to a website? Do you, like, cause you know, I, I talked about the show notes at mosby.ca slash zero three four for this episode, but do you ever like point people, direct people back to, if you ask betty.com? Um, I have before. Um, I think that'll be part of the next season is to yeah. send people over there. Um, I want to do more with that and yeah. create more accessibility for the podcast. You know, I jumped in with two feet and, uh, and then I looked after I jumped type of thing. It was like, mm -hmm. ready, shoot, aim. Uh, and so like looking back at the things I've done with the podcast, I'd like to do things a little bit differently. So the really long answer to your question is yes, sure. If you That's ask Betty.com. You know, I I'm think still not giving out my email because I don't want somebody from the Filipino Cupid contact me. <laughs> well, you never know. We got we got a messenger Bogdan earlier that he was very interested. So that was, <laughs> that was nice of Bogdan. <laughs> oh, funny! Uh, it's it's easier when you don't have to make stuff up because Adam it sent is. me a screenshot. He's like, "No, man, I'm serious. This is Bogdan." <laughs> oh, oh well, how my about that? Anyhow, so yeah, that's speaking of disappointment. Um, okay. Let's go ahead and jump into this. I, you know, um, actually, before I do, I I did enjoy the conversation with Kevin quite a bit mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. it's just it's this incredible intersection of things I'm interested in. You know, I'm interested mm -hmm. in L and D. Um, I'm interested in hearing 
Well, I, I always like military backstories. I mean, who doesn't sure, like sure. military backstory, mm-hmm. right? Uh, which Kevin happens to have. And then there's this comic piece. And he did he did shed a lot of light. And actually, tonight, I put Understanding Comics by Scott McCloud into my Amazon. Um, You're going to um, love that book. It's fantastic. Basket. Yeah, you had said you read that in the interview. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and Shocked I, you, didn't you? Didn't I, I? shouldn't. Shocked you. You well, I shouldn't be surprised by you anymore because your depth of knowledge is obscene. Um, yeah. So, w- what got you interested in understanding comics? Why did you read that book, Bianca Woods? Ooh, okay, you're familiar with Bianca Woods. Uh, you know yeah. the the name. So, I feel like she's bigger on Twitter than she is on LinkedIn. Yes, she is. And so, Bianca Woods, formerly from the Learning Guild, she just moved jobs. She's now working for Articulate. Okay. Um, is she, it articulate she was on the or podcast. Articulate? I don't know. Articulate. That oh, feels boy. more articulate to say articulate. Okay. Are you Googling it? You're Googling it? Art- oh, my Lanta. Anyways, so Bianca was on the podcast twice, once to talk about comics, because I know that she loves comics and animation. Okay. And then another time to talk about um, visual design. And so when we were on the one with comics, we talked a lot about things and she told me about this book. And so I got it through to my Amazon cart and it teaches you about comics through comics. So as it's teaching you about like breaking the frame and all of that stuff, it's doing it through comics. So it's great. And my 13 year old has picked it up and read it too. She loves it. So yeah, it's pretty cool. That's very cool. Um, And uh, listeners at home, it is, uh, well, it's L-A-T-E, Articulate. So, so are you uh, trying to say that you're right and I'm wrong? Well, doesn't matter. Okay, who. how about how about if that's how the Canadians say it and oh, those I in can, the U.S. say articulate? Yeah, okay, no good. Do to we'll free to disagree okay. on that one. Let's. <laughs> okay, so we had this we had this awesome conversation with Kevin Thorne, episode sixty seven of the If You Ask Betty podcast, all about <laughs> still images, and and there was a there was um, on the listen back. I there there was this point of conversation where uh, somebody brought up the idea that perhaps things being a still image. We were talking about the efficacy of video compared uh-huh. to um, compared to still images, and uh-huh. uh, somebody speculated that the uh, that still images of comic books might actually aid retention more because the learners got an opportunity to look at the damn thing. And it's not moving and turning into something else before their very eyes. Like Uh they can look at it for four seconds. They can look at it for a minute and a half. It's entirely up to them. They can appreciate every cell of or every little piece of that frame. Um, Whereas video, you don't get that same luxury. No. Well, you don't get that same luxury unless you have your finger on the pause button. Uh So. What I wanted to do tonight a little bit was talk through an episode um, from Donald Clark. No, talk through um, uh, an article from Donald Clark's blog. uh, And that's donaldclarkplanb.blogspot.com. I'll include the link in the show notes, mosby.ca slash 034. Uh, This one is called, this one's called uh, video, video learning. Wait a second. Video for learning. 15 things the research says. Some may shock you, dot, 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 because, uh-huh. um, of course, everything shocks you, including the cover the cover image for this. Uh, it's <laughs> it looks like a like a C movie that is just like a 50 percent jiggle fest. Um, but I think wow. that's the idea. Yeah. Wow. I said it. Well, I mean, yeah. you can't say it's not. No, no, no. I mean, when you guys see the cover of this, you're going to be like, yeah. oh, it's like hey, a what's horror going on there? slash jiggle fest slash exploitation of some sort. I don't know. But, jiggle uh, fest, because why do you think it's jiggle fest, Dan? Like what? Mostly the cover art, the thumbnail. The cover art. Mostly shows body paint. There's a lot of body paint. <laughs> a lot of body paint, not a whole lot of clothing. No. Well, on we're that assuming woman. things. You know, yes. okay, so what, Universe or Marvel does this with, with, with Mystique. Like, that's okay, right? That's perfectly appropriate, but now all of a sudden. Well, there is, that Mar- is that Marvel? That's X-Men. Is that Marvel? Yeah. I yeah, guess Marvel, it is. Yeah. It's just, it's sort of like the dark side of Marvel. The unexplored side. Yeah, yeah it's, it's certainly not the, uh, yeah, not the headlines yeah. these days. Mm-hmm. Although maybe we'll get into those in a little bit. Yes. Um. So here we have... My God, that's just I'm, I'm connecting forward in, on a, on a next level right now. That's great. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, so we've got this, uh, and you read through this article, right? 
I did. Yeah. Shocking. I did. I actually so, prepared. Mm-hmm. See, I'm going to just stop being shocked by you at any point. Okay. I'm going to try. Uh, so the the idea here in this article is that Donald Clark, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with him, but he seems to be fairly well researched. Uh, although he's not like super hung up on punctuation and capitalization, he is a vicious researcher and citer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this article has a pile of citations at the bottom of them. It does. Be- it's almost as long as the article. It, I mean, but to his credit, you know, because yes. I would write something. I'd be like, these are my thoughts. Tip, 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 tip. And I just type out my thoughts and no one would give a shit because they're my thoughts. They're not yeah. They're not studied. They're not special. They're nothing. Right. right. But, but at least this guy puts some effort into it. So every point that he brings up in here is usually – Uh, associated with a reference and then you can track it back. And uh, one of the first points that he brings up when we actually get into the content here is something called episodic versus semantic memory. Mm -hmm. Now I, uh, and, and this is kind of like getting the gist of something and remembering the gist versus something that's like super specific in there. Um, And, and he kind of highlights this with a, a favorite dialogue or a favorite monologue and any monologue in the movie Blade Runner. Have you seen Blade Runner? No. Are you serious? <laughs> I am. Is that, a, is that a deal breaker? I'm shocked. <laughs> I a, thought you weren't going to be shocked by me anymore. 16 seconds and I'm freaking shocked again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so oh, I, yeah, I have no. a, uh, I have another podcast called the Corrent Tigers and, and we just look at kind of, kind of some pop culture stuff and we talk about this and that, but we've reviewed both Blade Runner and we most recently reviewed Blade Runner 2049. So okay. this this image that's associated with is it, this episodic. Is it like a vampire movie? No. No, it's like a dystopian um, oh, robots. Okay, okay. Well, I shouldn't robots. say robot. Okay. They're replicants. And actually, so this picture is of Rutger Howard, who is a replicant in the first movie. I don't want to ruin it for you, but it's a very emotional scene towards the end of the movie. Um, and anyways, Donald highlights that this is a just a just he loves this scene remembers the scene, doesn't remember the specific words in the scene. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, as people that create, um, well, some people out there, including myself, create videos for learners, uh, I I think the idea is the assumption that uh, they're, I don't know, they're taking detailed knowledge from these things. Sure. But they're not really. They're saying, oh, yeah, I watched that video for sure. Yeah, no, videos are, um, and I like that he kind of points this out, they're really more about engagement and less about retention, right? So, like, if you think about, he talks about Netflix in this, um, which I really like how he said, it's funny because he's like, what can we learn from Netflix? He says, it wiped out Blockbuster and has become a behemoth in the entertainment industry. So, just so you know, the story behind that is way mm. more than, like, the 12 words he uses to describe it. No, like I think how that sums Netflix- it up nicely. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> how Netflix came into to be and how they wiped out Blockbuster. So anyways, that's just, that's for another podcast. But um, what I think is really interesting is that I've completely lost my train of thought. What was I talking about? Well, we were talking about how video is uh, only good for engagement or, or better for yes. engagement than it is for. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. So he talks about how Netflix is entertainment, not learning content. You know, so what can we learn about that? And mm. I think what we can learn is that videos are, how we learn at home. So there is a level of engagement in which that's helpful, right? So that so it keeps our attention. But if you don't back it up with something afterwards, which he talks yeah. about a little bit in the article further down, it's unlikely it's very unlikely that they're going to uh, to retain what it is that you want them to retain. In yeah. addition to that, which I don't think you mentioned, is the emotional connection we have to video, especially when we're watching something that reminds of reminds us of ourselves so there's we are somehow reflected in what we're watching mm. so maybe somehow in that scene from blade runner there's something mm. that he identified with or that you identified with okay. that connected to you emotionally and so that's why that particular scene sticks out um and why every time you it comes on you're glued to it and stuck to yeah. it so like to give you one from a movie that i've actually seen uh did you ever see this horrible movie they made in the 90s called my girl yeah that's the one with um the home alone guy right yeah macaulay culkin macaulay culkin thank you yes yeah, yeah i've seen that yeah Oof. terrible movie <laughs> Ter- i remember like, one thing was, from that movie yes what do you hurts. remember what yeah. do you remember tell I me remember what you remember the demise of macaulay culkin's character yep 
And is there a specific scene that you recall? Because you don't actually see him die. Oh, well, spoiler alerts for my girl. Uh, I remember him getting <laughs> stung like a son of a bitch by a bunch of bees. Yes, but That's you didn't actually see that. All well, you yeah, saw I, was- I remember was, him swatting away, don't I? He was swatting at them and then the, the hive falls and then his glasses fall. Oh. And the part that is the so- um, that, that just rips the tears out of me still to this mm. day is when they're having the funeral and Veda comes down and she's like, he needs his glasses. You have oh. to get him his glasses. And that's the part that people remember. Mm. Why do you think they remember that, Dan? Because well, they're nearsighted. I don't, I don't know why. I mean, <laughs> wow. I was really, I was really on a roll there and you're just, I'm sorry. <laughs> just kicked me right out. Well, they remember because it's emotional because w- most people that have watched that yeah. have experienced loss or yeah. know somebody who's experienced loss and understand that she didn't want to let go, right? Yeah. It was really hard for her to let go of her best friend. So I'm not trying to like make everybody sad with this scene, no, but no. I think it's one that we can relate to. So the point is, did we learn anything from my girl? <laughs> Stay the F away from bees, I guess. Stay away from bees, sure. Yeah. But really, did we learn? What was the lesson no. we learned? No, not really. Well, I mean, that, we could, well, I don't know. I get. I, what, what are you driving at here? My point is, yeah. we didn't remember it. I mean, we didn't we didn't learn from it, but we remember it. And I think that's what he's trying to point out too: is that their video is effective in that we remember things that we see if they're engaging enough for us. But we have to do something after that to reinforce the learning. Now, you're talking about engagement on an emotional level, though. And that's not yes. exclusive to video, which is Correct. kind of going back to the the Kevin Thorne conversation, right? Like you can have yep. impact and you can have resonance um, through those things uh, as, as well. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's, that's storytelling and that's kind of playing on one's emotions, uh, which, which you can do through any medium. I don't know that learning professionals as a group – are tip top at that like that playing on emotions isn't or 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 developing um well fleshed out stories i don't know is something that we do oh, not all of us i, I think there might us, be like 10 yeah. percent of us that probably crush it but everybody else is like oh yeah no i wrote like a story uh but yep. i don't know did they maybe not so uh i think i think that that's part of it um I think this idea, this episodic versus semantic memory piece that he's highlighted in here, this might come up in a couple other spots as well. And actually, it comes up, I think, hang on, let me check my notes here. Man, now I'm wondering how many of these pieces need to be blended together. My episodic memory is great for this article. My semantic Mm -hmm. memory is shit. Uh, The next thing he brings up- is uh and this isn't even a video right it's it's static it's on the screen okay yeah. shooting star is the next header that he has here and the idea here is that things are just moving too quick yep. at least i think it's moving too quick and we feel as though when we've watched something that we get it we're like yeah okay i watched that thing i know that thing and and how often do we as like uh or managers maybe not learning professionals some of them do i think and then eventually they'll clue in uh but managers say well they took the training Right. So they should know this shit. Like, yes. Well, okay. Yes, they took the training and no, it, it's not to the point where they should know that shit uh, right. because it's not just training. That's kind of what he highlights here. And this actually mm-hmm. happened to me earlier this week where I was taking like an off the shelf module about topic X and mm-hmm. I got through it and I got to the quiz, which I know no one cares about um, at my work with this quiz because it's like, not superfluous training, but it's not like a compliance thing. It's just there for us to try to better ourselves. So I'm doing this quiz knowing that it's mostly just kind of reinforcing pieces that are in the thing. Sure. I was sucking up a storm. I I just, I got like 20%, I think on it. And I'm like, what the hell happened? (laughs) I took it. I didn't answer the questions at all. It was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So what does that mean? That means that videos aren't, a perfect learning solution by themselves. Is there or, a perfect learning solution? Um, instructional comics. No. Uh, uh, I, I don't Kevin, think there is. Kevin Thorne just raised his hand and said amen somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think there is, but I think that we can make individual pieces better. And that's one of the things that I'm hoping to do after reading this article is to take some of the things out of this and say, okay, well, what have I failed at lately 
and how can I implement changes based on these well-cited studies? Yeah. I don't know. That's very reflective. Well, thank you very much. I do like how he talks about that we our, our minds move through video like a shooting star where the memories burn up behind us. I think that's why we can watch movies and shows that we know we love over and over again. Sometimes we get to the point where we can quote them. Like I can mm-hmm. still watch Goonies to this day and quote most of the movie. Now I've probably seen that movie over 30 times in my wow, life lifetime. That's... Well, that's I live that... in Indiana, so I don't know what to tell you. We had nothing else is, to do. Is that the number one? What's the number one? What's the number one what? Most viewed movie in your life. Oh, I don't know. That's probably close though. Jesus. I don't know what the most viewed is. Yeah. Anyways, um, but my point is that I think that's why we can watch things over and over again because we know that it made us feel good. We don't necessarily remember what or why or just like just like you were doing with my girl just a minute ago. Like you knew that there was a sad part. Yeah. You couldn't necessarily remember what it was until I ripped open that fresh hell well, for you. Okay. So I guess when I watched it, I was younger. So the kid dying was awful. Right? Yes. But I think I think now that I'm older and have kids, mm-hmm. and I was talking about this with a buddy earlier this week. Like once you have kids, your brain changes. Absolutely. And you cry easier and you're like, oh, there's a kid situation. Oh, geez. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Now, it's that's, even that's worse now. Thing. So I would probably note the glass. If I would watch it now, I may yes. have remembered the glasses and said, oh, that's awful. Yeah. That poor girl. Yep. That poor girl. Oh boy. Half the people right. have turned this off now because they're so traumatized by my girl. They don't want to talk about it it's, anymore. It's a hard movie to watch. Well, let's talk about let's talk about something that's more recent. So if we're gonna talk about movies and video and stuff like that. Okay. So uh have you watched Dan, have you watched Loki? I've watched at least the first twenty minutes of it. Wow. Yep. I can't believe that. Well, I did that. Very recently, very, within like about the past today. three hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> what did you think of the first 20 minutes of it? It was fine. It was quite silly. Um, I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was pretty silly. Um, and the well rest done. of the people just turned off the podcast right now. Yeah, so no, that's just, the other half. just wrap it up. Sh- yeah, okay. Well, Sorry I'll get the show notes. At uh, <laughs> what did you think of what did you think of Loki? Uh, I really liked Loki. First of all, I think he's a fabulous character in the Marvel universe. I think um, you know if if we're gonna if we're gonna connect movies and shows to learning, Loki is every learner, right? Trying to make you think that you're doing something right or that they did something right, but really they're just you know hitting next and answering the mm. questions and getting them all wrong mm-hmm. uh, type of thing. I think, um, I don't know. I thought, I thought they did a really great job. I think Marvel does a really good job of taking existing stories and finding a new way to tell them. Disney in general does this really well. I mean, like we could go to once upon a time, how they took all those old fairy tales and they switched them around and told them from a different perspective or in a different way. And, I think that when it comes to videos and learning, sometimes that's the type of approach we need to take is thinking more about what are things that people will connect with? What are, what are things that will make, th- make things memorable so that basically what happens is they watch this video and they walk away feeling good. They walk away on an upswing so that the next piece that you give them, which is where they're actually going to learn, they're listening, they're a sponge, they're ready um, and they're they're interested in it because they're still thinking about those happy thoughts about Loki or whatever it is or seeing yeah. What do you think? Do you think I'm crazy? So are are you saying using using the characters and maybe familiar themes and stories, or or are you saying just trying to reiterate material in pleasant ways? I'm not sure I follow. So uh, the answer is yes. I think characters make a huge difference. People okay. people especially animated characters people. Um, connect to those and see themselves which is funny mm-hmm. to me but how many times have you seen yourself in homer simpson i mean yeah few. let's be honest yep every time you see a donut right oh no <laughs> right yeah like so you know what i'm saying like so we yeah. that's definitely a thing i think we like to pretend like you know comics and cartoons are for kids but really adults are the bigger audience yeah 
for animation. Um, so that's one thing. And then the other thing is, you know, if you if you if you tell something in a way that is exciting, interesting, uplifting, inspiring, and in, in, in however you do it, even if you do with still images or whatever, when people come off of that, they want they're ready to learn or ready to absorb whatever it is that you're trying to give them. So do they learn during the video? I don't know, maybe it prepares them for it. Mm. It preps them, it gets them ready. That's what story does, right? It gets us thinking about, mm. I totally just hit my mic, sorry about that. It gets us thinking about, you know, um, different ways that we could be looking at this particular thing. Just like Loki is like looking at it a very different way. You got to keep watching it, bro. I mean, we can't even talk about it. You, it should be on Corn Tigers. You need to make it a mission. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> sad it's very sad yeah. um anyways am i making sense am i just no i i think i think you're making some sense uh i, I well so cents. so part of it to me is i want to go back to something you said a second ago about the i don't know misunderstanding of the animated format and this was something i wanted to note this in in the conversation with kevin as well because he had brought up the idea that largely a Corporate adults, let's call them, yeah. corporate adults and decision makers don't feel as though comics are a appropriate format, right? And yeah, this has always annoyed me. Not that I pay attention to the Oscars, but uh, when it was like on my peripheral, one like it always annoyed me that it was. Uh, and this category is comedy, uh, shit, and musicals. Just like put them in the same category. It's yeah. like, well, hang, oh, and animated too. It's like, well, anime, it's just a format. All it is is a format for telling That's us. Right. It doesn't mean anything. And uh, Kevin used an example of being able to draw the inside of an SLR camera uh, to, to demonstrate. Like he could do that. Somebody could do that. They can draw it. But you can't do that with a regular camera. You can't do that with a video camera. So that's the only way that you can access that. And you were talking about a second ago, um, in general, the the misconception that cartoons are for kids, but there's a huge yes. adult cartoon market now, right? Oh yeah, um, and not like the tentacle based ones, just like the actual like cartoons, like Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty, yes. I think, is an incredible show that tells just unbelievable stories, and a lot of them are silly and crazy and and racy and just bananas. But then there's some that are like. I don't want to say pull on your heartstrings, but it's like, holy shit, that's a, that's a super high end complicated issue. And they're doing yeah. it through this really gonzo format. But if you were to draw a, let's say the Simpsons, you're drawing a house, you're drawing Springfield, you're drawing regular people doing regular things, kind of. Yes. Kind or of. you can draw this crazy multidimensional space adventure for about the same money. Yep. You know, so it's, it's, I don't know. Just the idea that it's it doesn't cost any more money to do absolutely insane things through the format should make it a not a slam dunk, but at least that's a huge selling feature for the format itself to the powers that be, right? And I then agree. if you can somehow dial in the um dial in the storytelling piece of it, because that's and that was the thing that I really wanted to get into with Kevin. Uh, and I'm looking forward to that on the, on the rematch uh, because I really, really want to know, and I'm going to hopefully get into understanding comics a little bit before I talk to him next. But uh, I, I really want to know the idea of crafting a story because I've always been fascinated with the hero's journey and trying to tell mm -hmm. that story. And, and I, I, I've, I've dabbled in that before with, I would say, moderate success. But I would, I'd like to do it a hell of a lot better, you know? Yeah, you know there are there are, are folks out there that their entire job is to write story. So yeah. this is just another example of how in learning we have to wear all the hats, right? So there are people their entire job is to write a narrative. Like I don't yeah. know what their exact job title is, narrative writer, something like that. But that's their whole job is to write stories um, for sometimes like like virtual reality. A lot of times you have somebody that's on the team that their whole job is just to write the story, but. In learning and development, we're expected to do all of those things. And there's some we great are. people out there. There's, you know, Hadia Naradin, who, or Nar I think I said her name wrong. Hadia Naradin. Forgive me, Hadia. And uh, Rance Green, both write great yeah. information about using stories in learning. And here's what I think happens, and you mentioned this earlier, is we think it's a great idea, but I'm not much of a story writer. Mm. 
And we don't want to do that because that's hard. It's hard work to yeah. write a good story. We're not talking about writing a novel. We're writing a, talking about writing a story that makes a point. And in, in life, we've always quoted stories that make a point. So like the story of the little red hen. Do you remember the story of the little red hen? Nope. Wow. That might be like a U.S. versus Canada thing. That could be. Know. That could be. You guys so have, little red- you have hens in America? Is that is a hen? Did I say that right? It's a hen. Okay. Are you serious right now? <laughs> You're such a punk. So the little red hen, right? The story of the little red hen is one that we've always repeated because somebody said it a long time ago and wrote yeah. it to, to, tell, to teach a yeah. lesson, right? But we don't think, oh, I, I could write the next little red hen story. Like we can't. Mm. That's hard. I've heard, I've heard um, a fellow Canadian fellow named Jordan Jordan Peterson um, mention. He kind of talks. He's a psychologist, but he talks about things being truer than true. Like looking at mythology and religion. And although, like, you take a story from religion and you say, "Well, it's not really okay." That story may not have happened. Let's just say mm-hmm. David and Goliath. David and Goliath, as written, oh, pissing off the Christians not, right now. May, what's that? You're pissing off the Christians right now. Why? Saying things no, like that. no, no. Just the the literal ones. They're mm. not listening, anyways. Um, <laughs> but like the story as written, probably didn't happen. Uh, but like versions of that story in different ways happen, and then you kind of compile them into not a myth necessarily, but like a a, a, a truism. You know. Yes. So yeah, we're pulling things from these stories. Can you give me the ten cent version of Little Red Hen? Because I feel like I probably know it, but I don't. Yeah, so the little red hen, um, she she she's surrounded by these these barnyard animal friends, and okay. she's like, "Hey, um, you know, who will help me plant the field?" And yes. the pig's like, "Not I," said the pig. "Not I," yeah. said the this. "Not I," said the. Yeah. And then who will help me? You know, harvest the wheat. Who will help me bake the bread? And then when it's time to eat, everybody's like, "Oh, I'm so hungry," and she's I'm like, in. "Well, where were you? Yeah, like, you didn't help me." So, yeah. GTFO. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, I, I do know that story. I, I couldn't remember it by name, but yeah, I know that one. Yeah. Um, all right. I think my mom, more- my, my mom, sorry, my mom must have told me that story a hundred times whenever uh, she asked me to do the dishes and I was like, I don't want to. <laughs> Let say. me tell you about the story of the little red hen. Oh, you just okay. wear you down or what? Yeah, I guess. I Is that know. the idea? Yeah. Uh, did you ever pull that with your kids? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yep. Truer than true. It is. Um. All right, let's do let's do kind of a lightning round, um, and then sure. and then we're all going to move on with our lives here, folks. We're not going to keep it like too a plan. Long today. Uh, okay, so uh, duration is a question that comes up in this article. Again, this is a uh, I'll include this in the show notes. Mosby.ca slash zero three four. This is a Donald Clark article about uh, fifteen I don't know things about video learning learning video things. Uh, duration. Did this did this surprise you? Did you know this is kind of the six minute or less oh, window yeah. that he suggested? You knew that. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. Okay. I bristled I knew a little that. bit at this. Oh, you did. Interesting. I did. Wow. I knew that from Josh Cavalier because I actually took. I don't know if you know who Josh is. He's a he's a video guy. He's often at conferences, and he I took his class on micro learning, which is about micro video. Yeah. And we talked about six minutes, and then we talked about the nine and a half minute mark. And then uh, we also ta- he also made us do a project where we did two minute video, and then we made it sixty seconds, and then we made it thirty seconds, and then we made it fifteen seconds, and that was really painful. But anyways. <sighs> Oof. It was a good exercise. So yeah. So tell me your tell me your bristle. Well, I've always felt that, and and this kind of goes to engagement, but it also goes to the content. Um, the the format should match the content, and you may need to chunk the content out or or make the content uh, like uh, adjust yes. the the start and finish points of the content, but. Uh, like this is something that's come up in conversations that I've had around podcasting or even like I, I've, I've done it then in micro learning. People say, well, how long should it be? It's like, well, it, it it's however long it should be based on the thing you need to do, you know, uh, and a podcast, like um, if you talk to marketing people, podcast should be like three minutes long. Uh, and it's right. because they're, they're marketing people. Um, not that there's anything wrong with marketing people, but they're always, they're, they're trying to capture the attention. They're trying to do a flashy yes. thing and move on. Right. Um, but if that was the case, then uh, like, uh, like HBO show, this is always a counter argument. Like, well, how does Joe Rogan have a three hour podcast? 
people that are interested in the topic are going to listen to a three-hour podcast. People that are interested in watching a two and a half hour movie are going to watch a two and a half hour movie. It doesn't have to be a six minute movie or it doesn't have to be six minute chunks of a two and a half right. hour movie, you know? Right. So it's, it's a tricky one, which I guess I don't know this. Maybe this is a chicken egg situation, but I don't know. So, so what the article talks about is that it's, there's a, there was a study done in that 50%, I think it was like 50% of people drop off at right around the six minute mark. Uh, and then there's a drops down to 50, 50% at the nine to 12 minute marks and oh, okay. 20 beyond that. But there's still the a large minute? dropout at six minutes. He says, yeah, the biggest dropout is at six minutes. Yeah. And then nine and a half is where you lose pretty much half the audience. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's interesting in that it helps us understand if we're going to do something that's long form where the sweet spot might be. However, just like you just said, if you have something that's worth talking about, showing what, you know, if it's, if the content is good, that's not going to matter. Yeah. At least the people that need to see it are going to stick around. Yep. Um, what, one thing I used to tell folks, like when you're, if you're creating a video, especially like if you're going to use it in something like augmented reality or a micro learn, you know, about a minute to 90 seconds is where short form will will hit and stay. Anything longer than that, you have to think about how long will people want to hold their arms up? Yeah. Right? Because a lot of times they're watching it on their mobile device. Um, and like how long until a thought, another thought invades so they're not listening anyways. Uh, so typically, if you're doing micro learn, a minute to 90 seconds is what I would advise. However, I also say, if two and a half minutes is what you need to make your point, make it two and a half minutes. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. You might choose a different medium for that. Like, well, it might not be an AR situation. Yeah. Because you really need to consider the form factor. And since you were going to jump down this uh, a little bit too, because you mentioned the form factor of mobile devices, there was one that I, I didn't expect at all. This, this, this shocked me, Betty. Um, How does image size affect learning? Mm, And you would think, you would think based on common knowledge that size doesn't matter however it does matter i'm going to tell you what every woman has ever said in history make it bigger make it bigger it's obvious this is why imax is a success yeah sure always (laughs) make the image bigger like that's why a lot of trends right now or 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 even powerpoints that are most engaging if a powerpoint can be engaging the image covers the entire slide Mm. it's not this it's not two by two it's not four by four it's the whole slide because bigger is better yep well so there you have it and it said uh so what this is only like two sentences um this should worry those whose video as a great medium on smart oh who's well see here we go worry those whose video is is a great great medium this is what i'm saying about donald clark the man's so smart he doesn't need to worry about letters he doesn't care (laughs) he has no f's to give he doesn't care doesn't Um, care anyways uh so yeah what does it say here nasa reeves 1996 showed 60 video segments to 125 adults on different screen sizes and tested them a week later those that had watched the larger screen remembered in quotes significantly more now it is important it's important to right it's important to point out that this was something that they tested 25 years ago Mm. but i can't imagine it's gotten worse yeah you know what i'm saying like i can't imagine we're more likely to watch the small video you know what though i'm wondering though because we're also used to small screens now maybe maybe small screens aren't as bad because we're used to it and we've kind of developed a thing for, i don't know i don't know right and so this is this is 125 people in this particular study which mm-hmm. so uh ebbinghaus can we talk about ebbinghaus for a second like sure. three years ago very popular thing to say ebbinghaus right forgetting uh-huh. curve this forgetting curve that and then um maybe a year and a half ago i i think uh mutual mutual acquaintance alex salas uh, i think i read one of the things that he wrote about or, or something but uh-huh. it was like a very sm- he 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 just anyways he shed light he's not the guy i don't think that discovered it but um he just shed light on the fact that it to me i'm sure other people heard it from other places i'm regretting bringing him up just because now i have to explain all the different stuff around <laughs> it um, it's kind of fun to watch you squirm 
I know, I know. Um, I was actually recently on Learning Experts with Alex Salas. Did you know that, Betty? I don't know. Did I know that? Maybe. Well, it hasn't been released yet, but oh, that's why I, I didn't know. It, it's again, it's like you know my blog, my my theoretical blog post from earlier that had zero references. Yes. It may be a lot like that, but he okay. does his best to keep me on. Point. Oh, I did think I did know that. Did you say my name? I did. Did you guys yes. talk about me? Okay. Yeah. Then, then, Almost then I'll pay exclusively. To yeah. Oh, we were going to call it the Betty cast, but we didn't. Um, anyhow. So Next Evan time. House, it was like only a few people and it was 345 years ago. Uh, so, but that's one of those things to me that's, that's truer than true because, yes. okay, regardless of the actual end value in that study, we can all pretty much say if you don't think about something the moment after you like consume it mentally, then it's going to just degrade until you don't know anything about it. Right. Mm -hmm. this, mm -hmm. which, which is always the weirdest backhanded compliment. This is so-and-so he knows more about computer or he's forgotten more about computers than I'll ever know. It's like, well, that's a really weird compliment to give somebody, yeah. but that's yeah. the idea, right? Sure. Uh, Anyways, okay, anything else? Last word over to you on this. Was there anything else in this article that you wanted to talk about? Um, I liked that he talked about the cut scenes. Like cuts, he says cuts raise attention about one second after the cut, but too many cuts lowers attention. And I bring this up because I know that a lot of people, they spend, they, when, they, when they're making videos, especially they're making homegrown videos in their learning department, they are worried about smooth transitions and like if you have to edit something out. And I would say, I loved that he said this because I'm like, yes, don't be too worried about it unless it's massive, yeah. like where you cut in like instantly somebody is completely on the other side of the screen. That's going to be distracting. But yeah. little cuts are expected. Little cuts are what life looks like when I blink, when I look down at my phone and then I look back up at you. I mean, yeah. that's what life is, is little tiny, those little cuts. Yeah. So I liked that he said that, you know, that they raise attention. It's a good yeah, way to I keep people's attention. I wonder if it's a difference between mentally expecting to be spoon fed versus having to work just a little bit for it. Just so you're not bit. watching the mouse move the whole time. You're like, oh shit, yep. it's over there now. It's over there. Okay, now I got to keep going. I don't know. I, I'm also a big fan, and you'll you'll see this if you look at my videos, especially um, the one with you, Dan, which we should hey. go ahead and plug. There you go. There's uh, at least one video with you in it out there. Uh, I think it's something about uh, confessions of an AR convert or something like yeah, that. Probably something like that. I've been converted but all over the place. You've been converted <laughs> for sure. But like cuts, sometimes there's no, there's nowhere to cut in the actual video, but cutting to a black screen with white words or cutting mm. to, you know, creating yeah. that, that yep. two second change, it restarts engagement. Yep. And he's absolutely right that too many of them will lower attention. Right. I mean, if you've ever seen a, uh, a movie that's like all over the place. You're like looking at your watch, like, are we done yet? Because I'm, mm -hmm. I'm lost. Yep. But it is, it is definitely a st a strategic thing to go in and add those cuts. So that's all I would add for that. Very cool. All right. Hey, uh, you recently had a series of uh, videos that I think are still forthcoming about the imposter syndrome. Do you want to plug that at all? We're, we're I would love to plug about that. that. Um, so if you go to YouTube and look for my channel, the If You Ask Betty channel, all one word, all lowercase, uh, you'll find a playlist called I Have Questions About Imposter Syndrome. And I have 24 interviews, 24 different people from all over the world, wow. all different backgrounds, all different jobs, um, all different levels of, of what, what, of American success, right? What Americans think, or U.S., United States people, us think is success. I'm Who's clarifying squirming because now? I am squirming because, uh, anyways, moving on. You're allowed all to be American, Betty. You're allowed am, to be American. Sometimes I'm really kind of embarrassed by it. I'm not no, you're not. I'm patriotic. I just don't let the, the, the stupid people bother me. Anyways, you should We have some here too. Don't worry. You do? Just a couple? Mm -hmm, more than a couple. We have um, relatively less than you, but proportionally, you know, the same amount. I understand. My point is people from all over the, all over the world talking about their experience with imposter syndrome, talking about what it felt like for them. And, I you know, I would encourage you to go out there, check it out. 
pick pick the people that you know maybe you kind of know and listen to their story uh they will surprise you there are mm. folks out there that are veterans telling their their story of of uh, their service that um will surprise you there are folks out there that are very well known um personalities people like evo terra uh tim slade uh, which I don't know if Tim's come out yet, but soon. Matt Pierce from TechSmith um, sharing their stories, and you will be surprised that they feel a lot like you do on a regular basis. Uh, and I think that could be helpful. So check that out. I have questions about imposter syndrome. Uh, and do I have this right? Your next series is I Have Questions About Alien Hand Syndrome. Is that. <laughs> No, what's alien no? hand syndrome? Well, you have to I look it up. That... Maybe uh, ask some questions about it. <laughs> Google. Oh my lanta! <laughs> All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for sticking around through this last uh, fifty odd minutes of chit chat between two friends here. Uh, Mosby.ca slash zero three four is where you can find the show notes for this. And uh, again, send us an email or uh, sign us up for some other dating website. Uh, MosbyLearning.gmail or at gmail.com. Give Adam something to look at, anyways. Uh, and yeah, the only article we really talked about was Donald Clark one, but we'll uh, we'll include a, a link to that at those show notes. Uh, music. You're going to hear some music. I bet that was written by Kevin McLeod. You can get his stuff at filmmusic.io. And um, what do we have here? We had, uh, well, this is this is the show Must Be Go, which me and Betty are pretending to listen to right now. Mm-hmm. Fix it in post. But, okay. um, but I think that's it. I think that's it. Betty, thank you so much for, uh, for hanging out with me tonight. Thank you, sir. Always a pleasure. Agreed. Likewise. All right. See you, folks. Bye. Uh, and do I have this right? Your next series is I have questions about alien hand syndrome. Is that? Yes, kind of. Bye.